Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Grace Notes podcast, companion to the Grace Notes nonprofit organization. Grace Notes is dedicated to bringing live music to cancer centers and nursing homes as a form of therapy to reduce anxiety and loneliness. The Grace Notes podcast will not focus solely on music, but also on its intersection with cognitive science and culture. For today's episode, I'm so excited to be here with Caleb Graupera, a phenomenal cellist and also one of my good friends. Caleb is a member of many Boston-based and international organizations focused on addressing equity in classical music. So to start off, I'll just let Caleb take it away and talk a little bit about his experience with that. Thank you, Eva, for having me on here. This of is course. an honor. I'm so excited. Yeah, so there's a big world that is growing a lot, especially now in the 21st century, of uh, increasing representation in classical music. And I think I'm very lucky to be here in Boston, where a lot of this has all kind of begun. And so in the 80s, Project STEP was founded here in Boston and taking a residence at Symphony Hall. And, and a few years ago, I auditioned and was accepted into the program. And uh, now I'm in the honors duet and uh, I'm very involved with Project STEP. And Project STEP kind of was a trailblazer in a way of kind of just setting the stage of saying that equity in classical music is important and it's something that's worth fighting for. And so in their first couple of years with master classes with Yo-Yo Ma and uh, Leonard Bernstein in, in his later years, uh, they were very involved with the BSO and kind of led for, uh, let open up the stage for new organizations to come and follow in their footsteps. And so along with Project STEP, I'm also a member of Boston Beam, um, a member of uh, Sphinx Performance Academy, which allowed me to take in take part in a residency at the Juilliard School in 2022. And uh, I was also a recipient of Sphinx's um, Empower Artist Grant, which gave me a $5,000 grant to, uh, for my uh, college audition preparation. Wow, that's awesome. In addition to that, um, I've also been very involved with Equity Arc, which is a very recently formed organization that uh, with their first program, the National Festival Pathways Orchestra, they're involved in bringing together uh, BIPOC musicians from all across the country into a festival orchestra every year. And so last year we had a residency in Cincinnati with the Cincinnati Symphony, and it was a wonderful experience. And so I think all these experiences have uh, really played a big role in my musical development, and it's wonderful that they're around. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't even know how many Boston-based organizations there were focused on equity and classical music. I'm wondering, because you've participated in a few di different um, of these programs, if anything has particularly like, struck you or, or stuck out to you about the programs, if anything surprised you, um, and also in what ways will the experiences change the way you approach your own classical music career moving forward? I know you said you've gotten a grant to help with college applications as it relates to music, which is really cool, but any other ways where it's shaped the way that you view music now or that shaped the way that you'll approach music in the future? Yes, so it kind of starts with the history of it all because uh, with Project Step, which was one of the first community-based, and with that I mean locally-based uh, organizations to kind of make change happen in the Boston area, where it all begins is with El Sistema, which was uh, kind of founded on the in, in the minds of uh, Jose Abreu and uh, Mark Churchill, who is a dear mentor of mine. And many years ago, they decided to kind of bring this idea of El Sistema, which is uh, really big and has been big for um, several prominent conductors, such as Gustavo Duhamel, who is a product of El Sistema, and kind of bring that model to the, to the US, where um, it's kind of com combining the intersection between education and 
musicianship, using mm -hmm. music as kind of a means to educate rather than just focusing on educating musically, but uh, using music as a means for social growth and to uh, impact the world. Mm -hmm. And so with El Sistema USA, which was kind of the byproduct of El Sistema being brought to the US, uh, that's kind of had an effect on all these new organizations popping up, such as Boston Beam, uh, Equity Arc in the last few years, Sphinx 20 years ago. And so all these programs have such a profound effect on the, my career and the career of so many other BIPOC musicians because uh, with Sphinx, that where I was awarded the uh, Empower Artist Grant this past year, I was awarded a $5,000 grant uh, specifically for trial lessons and for uh, expenses related to uh, on the road travel because there's just so many roadblocks in in the financially for so many musicians mm -hmm. so with uh, the empower artist grant program is kind of centered on trying to clear up as many of those roadblocks as possible and open up as many doors and uh, that it's been especially useful uh, to me with uh, all the kind of uh, all the new open doors I have this next year in terms of who I want to study with um, making sure that all these costs are paid for and our family doesn't have to worry about anything. And then also socially, it's just so powerful with uh, Equity Arc in the last few years, which through their festival organized festival orchestra, which I was uh, talking about, had the residency at the Cincinnati Symphony last year. It's just super inspiring to be able to meet BIPOC musicians from across the country and to be able to play music with them and connect lasting bonds. And so I think all these programs that are uh, just kind of kind of opening doors, opening up doors socially and also uh, musically, just in terms of uh, advancing technical proficiency. Um, it's really stuck with me how all these different groups kind of play together and weave together, but not only for music, but for different aspects of my life. Yeah, that's really cool. I think what you said about the grant was really interesting um, and how joining these programs made you aware of like opportunities like that you didn't even know existed, like grants that would allow you to take advantage of on-the-road travel and new teachers. I guess my question would be um, for musicians facing, maybe for marginalized communities, for music musicians facing the obstacles of like on-the-road expenses um, or facing challenges that grants like this might be able to help them with. Um, do you think that opportunities like these are widely known? Like, did you know about that kind of opportunity before becoming part of these programs? And if not, what do you think might be ways where you can make these opportunities more accessible and make more people um, know about the different opportunities they can take advantage of? Yeah, so these opportunities have kind of been growing a lot in recent years. You know, 50 years ago, there none of these existed. But the main idea is just that, as you were saying, talent uh, may be equally distributed, but access and opportunity is not. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of just being able to promote access for as many musicians of color as possible is so important in shaping the future of classical music because the future of the classical music landscape needs to reflect the cultural diversity of our nation. And the only way to do that is to kind of give a leg up to uh, those kind of groups that have been marginalized and that have been uh, so behind in the race of classical music historically and that that goes for composition but that also goes for performance and so in every other field there's actually sphinx released a new program recently called sphinx lead mm -hmm. where sphinx is involved in uh, helping uh, aspiring music executives advance mm -hmm. through the arts administration world and so in every aspect in every facet of classical music there's a need to just allow for uh, 
the cultural diversity of our nation to shine through in concert halls. Mm -hmm. And so that 30 years from now, we're going to the concert and we see people from all backgrounds and all ethnicities and not just of the same uh, groups of people that we see and that have opportunities. And so it's just making sure that opportunities are equally distributed just as talent is. That's really cool. I really want to get into more of the um, more of the diversity in terms of composition and performance and also in terms of audience later on. Um, but before that, I want to zoom back out for a second and ask, what has your own experience been like with representation in classical music? I know we come from Weston, which is a pretty non-diverse town. Um, and so I'm wondering in what ways has the classical music space maybe felt non-diverse to you at times or um, um, on the flip side, what experiences have you had that have felt different from that, um, similarly to the experiences that you've had with all of these Boston-based organizations for equity and classical music? Yeah, so, uh, and all these different experiences that I've had that are not uh, based in equity, just, you know, youth orchestras across the years, over the years, um, usually I've found that, and I mean, it's obviously a generalization, but I don't typically have that many uh, friends of Hispanic or black heritage in right. most of these ensembles. And uh, usually a lot of my friends in these ensembles are from Asian backgrounds, from white backgrounds, mm -hmm. um, from, but not, never usually from Hispanic or black backgrounds. And so I think uh, the kind of goal is to just increase the diversity of these ensembles. And I think that's been important to me because it's just so inspiring in the Cincinnati experience last year. It was so inspiring to be able to play alongside uh, other musicians that are kind of of the same background as me and speak the same languages as me that uh, you know just have the same cultural upbringing yeah. and so it was just it's really powerful for me and very motivating to be playing and getting to know like-minded and um, well not necessarily like-minded but like uh, similar uh, similar racially individuals and yeah. uh, to just kind of uh, have that have that bond and so I think it just is, it's important to kind of have that diversity in these ensembles because it's not something that's going to change on its own. Uh, if you look at over time, the same kind of uh, groups of people are going to just continue to dominate the space mm -hmm. in any field and when it comes to uh, any kind. And so that's like the, the goal of bringing underrepresented uh, backgrounds into the spotlight. And so it's just been so powerful for me and so motivating for me to be able to uh, get to know other musicians like me. And I think that that's a similar thought that many uh, BIPOC musicians have. And yeah. that's kind of the goal, to just make sure that uh, things get better because they have been getting better, but mm -hmm. there's still a long way to go. Yeah, it's interesting what you said about like actually feeling a difference when you're playing in an orchestra. It seems like you actually feel a difference. There's a completely different experience playing um, in like a predominantly white orchestra, for example, rather than playing in an orchestra alongside people who come from similar backgrounds as you. Yeah, and yeah. there's been a lot of funny experiences with that, with it as well. Mm -hmm. So this summer I was playing the Mendelssohn Octet with some friends, and we were playing and something. And then one of my friends looked up and was like, "Oh look, all of us are Asian except for Caleb." And it was just <laughs> a, it was a funny, it was a funny moment. And yeah. we were all just like having fun, like not that so true, it matters yeah. or anything, but yeah. everyone was just like laughing about that. Yeah. And I'm usually I'm the only Hispanic kid in like yeah, the definitely. quartet in, in the uh, front section of the orchestra, wherever right. it be. And so, I mean, it, it, it's a funny thing to realize, but it's, it's definitely something that it, I always enjoy. Like, my, I have a friend, his name is Alex. He's, I uh, met him in a Boston Beam master class, mm -hmm. and we actually got to go to Cincinnati together and room together, and it was so much fun. And he's kind of like a role model for me, and he's 
a really great guy. We have this connection. He's uh, his family's from Peru, mm-hmm. and it's just it's nice to see someone that has the same heritage as me to be uh, also kind of standing standing out in the crowd and right. when it's not necessarily like the most um, easy thing to do. Right. Definitely. When we're talking about some of these orchestras, like I know one of the way that we met each other was through the Rivers Youth Orchestra, and now you're on to the Boston Symphony um, Youth Orchestra. Um, but that's the, the, pro- the programs that we're part of are one of the many surrounding programs that we have a lot of access to because we're in Boston, but they also obviously cost money. So I'm wondering, how do you think we go best about creating access to similar experiences for kids who don't live in affluent suburbs? Um, aside from the experiences you've talked about where you can get grants and, and go to orchestras specifically focus, focused on diversity, but more just um, for kids who are in high school and want to casually go play in an orchestra near them, but maybe don't have the funds to participate in something like that. What do you think are ways that we go about um, taking down those barriers a little bit? Yeah, so Equity Arc is a new organization mm-hmm. that is kind of looking to build upon what Sphinx has been doing for so many years. And mm-hmm. it's it's national and it is a program that brought me to uh, uh, Cincinnati last year and Nashville later this year but their mission statement which I was reading earlier is so interesting to me because they kind of categorize this into two different uh, aspects of how to accomplish this and so primarily they look to nurture talent in the future and so this means getting kids started mm-hmm. and so starting people off on the right foot uh, you know making sure that kids have access to quality lessons not just right any kind of lesson but quality instruction and then you can also go the route of nurturing the talent that is already there or not the talent that's already there but the uh, playing that's already there nurturing the uh, those who have already started off and so th- the Cincinnati experience the National Festival Orchestra is uh, actually more in this kind of category where it's taking musicians that are already at the top of uh, of their orchestral of ex- orchestral experience of uh, their instrument and taking these high schoolers and getting them to connect with one another because they understand how important that connection is and how important it is to kind of create a fellowship mm-hmm. across the country with all these musicians that are going to be friends for the rest of their lives if mm-hmm. they decide to continue to music or not and so that's one way that that's one way to accomplish but then going back to how uh, how to nurture talent from the beginning project step I've been involved with kind of late in high school. Most kids actually start off in Project Step through their FOCUS program, which is uh, kind of designated for younger children. And so how to be accepted into this program, there's a series of, uh, there's an application series to go through a bunch of interviews. And this is very similar with uh, the Boston Symphony's ICP program. Mm -hmm. And both of these programs, they start off finding young kids, like they try to go as young as possible to try to start kids off in the very beginning. And you know, interested families are able to interview and have their kid try out instruments. And then, when if they're selected for this, uh, they kind of are put into like a life or a, a school long fellowship. So as they're starting off kindergarten, they get handed a viola, mm-hmm. and they start off for in viola at a young age, and they're given quality instruction and access to the NEC and uh, Boston Youth Symphony orchestras. And this kind of allows them to grow with their instrument throughout high school and allow it to be something that kind of um, helps supplement their studies and something really fascinating that I found when uh, browsing through the website one day is that a hundred percent of these students have gone on to secondary education in college a hundred percent there has never been a member in ICP or Project Step 
that hasn't gone on to secondary education. Of course, a lot of these kids are deciding to not go into music, but surprisingly, uh, a lot of these, or maybe not so surprisingly, most yeah. of these kids are deciding to go into music because music is just such an important part of their life when they've been growing up with it. And so there are definitely uh, important things to both kinds of uh, ways to explore the future of creating a more diverse classical music future but it's important to be implementing both so to be starting kids off on the right foot but also to be providing opportunities for growth and uh, I've been mostly in the secondary tier because I kind of uh, was able to start off with uh, my own opportunities that my parents were able to give me but it's been so important for my growth to have the opportunities of going to the National Festival Orchestra going to stay at the Juilliard school for two weeks yeah. for uh, uh, residency there and there's just so many uh, opportunities out there and so I think it's been really powerful for me yeah that's really cool I was I was really surprised by what you said about a hundred percent of everyone from the or maybe not surprised I was struck by the fact that a hundred percent of the people um, part of that program go on to secondary education what do you think is the I mean maybe maybe it seems obvious but what do you think the the link is between music education and creating that network and then all of those people going on to secondary education, like what do, you, what do you think is the reasoning there? Well, to start, it definitely is a discipline. And as with any discipline, it's going to transfer over to studies. And so, you know, they, there's a ton of studies out there that those who are involved in uh, music at a young age and have like an instrument or any kind of craft that they're trying to excel at, that's just so important, so special to a child's development and to a child's education. And then in the other kind of way that you could look at it, in El Sistema, in the early days of El Sistema, they kind of looked at El Sistema as a way of saving kids. And so there are these kids that were across all of South America that were kind of uh, in these not so great situations, in these communities where uh, they could either go to violence or cello or violent or cocaine or violin. Right. Like there's just these terrible situations that uh, were kind of drawing kids in and these gang organizations and you can't really be influenced to, to join a gang if you're going to an orchestra rehearsal on right. Tuesday afternoon. There's just, there's these opportunities that El Sistema kind of provided mm -hmm. that put these kids with the right people and really like, like they, they, they say saved, I think it's more of like brought them into a, brought them into a new world with music that music mm -hmm. only music can really provide mm -hmm. but um yeah these the, these uh organizations are just so important for uh, every part of a child's life and no matter what kind of person the child is going to become all these products of El Sistema of Project Step Boston Beam all these uh young adults after they leave the program are forever impacted by what they learned and so I think it's so important to view music in that way as a means of uh, bringing, affecting social change. And so um, it's just one of the most powerful vehicles to, to be doing that. And so I think more attention actually needs to be brought to this in, uh, across all of these uh, art administration organizations where um, just making sure that this stays at the forefront of their mission, and especially in these, these coming years. Uh, to not let it fall behind because uh, not prioritizing uh, bringing about equity in classical music is almost like forgetting about it because it requires mm -hmm. so much uh, attention and so much hard work, but it's very important.